quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. In Japan, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, together with the International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach, has finally agreed to postpone the Summer Games until 2021. Almost a year ago now, athletes around the world learned that the 32nd Summer Olympics would be getting postponed by a full year. It was the first time in history. The delay has given the International Olympic Committee more time to explore ways to safely bring thousands of athletes together in Tokyo. And as vaccination rollouts continue around the world, there is hope that some countries may be able to vaccinate athletes in time for the Games. But for many athletes who had originally hoped to be competing in the Games, navigating this additional year has been incredibly challenging. They've had to find the motivation to simply continue with their grueling training sessions. Many have also had to figure out new ways to train, as COVID restrictions forced most professional sports facilities to close down and also limited the ability to hold meets in Olympic qualifying competitions. On today's episode, my colleague, George Ramsey, CNN digital sports producer, brings us the story of one couple, both Tokyo Olympic hopefuls, and their sacrifices and their struggles to train during this pandemic. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. It was hard to absorb. It still is. It's just felt like we've been sitting in a purgatory for a a whole year now. For Sandy Morris and her husband, Tyrone Smith, uncertainty has surrounded the future of their careers ever since the 2020 Olympics got postponed. March felt pretty hopeless. We just didn't know what was going to happen. And when you're an inch away from all of your aspirations being taken away from you and the games maybe even being completely cancelled, it's heartbreaking. So I'm just super happy that they didn't cancel them, that they postponed them, and they're going to happen this summer. I know they are. (laughs) Sandy is an American pole vaulter who won the silver medal in the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Her husband Tyrone was also there, competing for Bermuda in the long jump. We have a picture together from the Rio Olympics opening ceremony, and I was wanting to have that same picture, you know, and to have an Olympics with my wife, to have those memories that we can build together and, and hold on to. Our story is very embedded in the Olympics, and Rio is really where we got to know each other and spend time together, and I would go as far as to say we fell in love in Rio, and so it really would be a fairy tale story to get a second Olympics together as a married couple. But the postponement of the Olympics nearly ended that dream. Tyrone is a bit older than Sandy and no longer at the peak age for his sport. He's also in business school, pursuing an MBA. So he planned to retire from the professional circuit after the 2020 Games. I had been building everything towards like kind of this last hurrah, making those sacrifices in a 
time in my life where the sacrifices were harder because, again, I was uh, pursuing my post-athletic career in school and everything. So, yeah, it took some soul searching to decide, you know, am I able to continue to do this for another year? I needed a moment to kind of process, to be sad, to be upset, and then to put it behind me and and, and continue to put one foot in front of the other and, and train towards it. But continuing to train was a huge challenge in itself, one that required some inventive problem solving when professional athletic facilities, like the one Sandy trained at in Arkansas, closed last March. I mean, I didn't set foot on the Arkansas track from March when they closed it down until mid-December. So that's a long time to not be able to use the facilities that I've been training at for almost 10 years now. So I called dad and it was a moment of desperation. And we've talked about wanting a pole vault pit in their neighborhood in South Carolina for a number of years. So I packed up my car and my animals. I have lots of pets and I drove from Arkansas to South Carolina and I stayed with them for basically the entire summer. And we built the pit and I trained with dad and he was my coach over the summer. I actually came back to Texas when Sandy went to South Carolina because like, I trained on a high school track that's, there's an absolutely no way to lock it. It's open from like three different sides. And, you know, I kind of broke the rules. They put up some signs during COVID, no, no using the track. But I said, the police are going to have to come and tell me to leave because um, I have to get this training. And so I came back and this track that I use is by far not the best track I've ever trained at. I spent literally probably 15 hours rehabbing the, the long jump pit because it was overgrown with grass. And I did this last year. And so I knew I had a sand pit that I could use. I knew there was a track that was open. And so I came back and it was interesting. A, a bunch of other elite track athletes all of a sudden were out at my track because it went from being the worst facility in Austin to the only facility in Austin that athletes could train on. So, <laughs> yeah. What's it been like over the past year trying to stay motivated without regular meets and competitions on the horizon? I think for me, the motivation has come from just feeling like I have suddenly been gifted time to fix the technical things that I have always wanted to over the last few years. It's been tough. That's really been the the challenge. Uh, Last summer, Sandy's agent put on some all-comer meets in Atlanta. And I did two or three of those. uh, And it was absolutely essential to my mental health to be able to have an outlet instead of just like sitting around. It's kind of like when you go camping and you set a fire, going to those meets in Atlanta um, were like putting some coals back in that fire. And then to talk about the games themselves, what do you think it would potentially be like to compete either without a crowd or, or with a very reduced crowd at the games? It will be very, very different competing in an empty stadium. So I really hope that they can come up with some creative ways to maybe trick us into thinking there's a a crowd there. (laughs) Yeah, if I'm being honest, for field eventers, you know, we're out there for like an hour, an hour and a half, and sometimes longer for pole vaulters and high jumpers. So we kind of thrive off of that energy because it's really hard to keep your energy level super high for that long a period of time. So that's why you see jumpers clapping, trying to get the crowd to clap with them, the rhythmic clap, um, engaging with the audience. Um, it makes a huge difference for us. So past year, I've been training by myself without even a coach there. So I think it's helping prepare me for not needing external energy supply, if that makes sense. 
organizers have said that they'd be assisting with efforts to vaccinate athletes ahead of Tokyo, but also said that vaccines wouldn't be mandatory for um, athletes. How do you feel about that? You know, it's tricky, but ultimately it's up to every nation to decide how they want to handle their, their vaccine allocation. Bermuda is trying to proactively vaccinate our athletes. Unfortunately, I have to get back to Bermuda for those two doses. Ultimately, we have to also realize that it's not just vaccinating athletes so that we can have an Olympic Games. It's still vaccinating people to protect the public as well. So it's it's not like these athletes aren't going to be interacting in the world and, and potentially coming down with, with COVID. For Sandy and I, like we unfortunately already had our, our bout with COVID, or fortunately, however you want to look at that, uh, it still would take a vaccine if someone offered. But you know, again, we're not just athletes, we're still people. You mentioned then that you had your bout with COVID. What was that experience like for both of you? Interesting. I lost my taste and smell, which was the most foreign thing in the world, because I guess I assumed that when I heard about that, that symptom, that it would be akin to a dulling of the senses, like when you have a really bad cold. But once I experienced it and realized it was a complete absence of taste and smell, it was... Oh my goodness. I mean, how do you eat? You can't even smell anything. <laughs> so trying to keep your your nutrition up as an athlete when you aren't motivated to eat anything was difficult. Yeah. And so I had to go get these protein shakes to make sure that I'm not like losing a bunch of weight because I'm not motivated to eat anything. And it took, I think, 10 days. And I cried when I was able to finally smell and taste something because I was also super worried that I wasn't going to get it back for months on end. And I'm just glad that that was the only serious symptom I, I endured. But also, it's not something to bat an eyelash at. It was actually pretty serious. Tyrone, I wanted to go back to you and ask, you said it would be your fourth and final Olympic Games. What do you think it will feel like once you're there and once you're on the track at your final Olympics? Each Olympics has felt different. The opening ceremony, the competition, the preparation... I'm hoping that I'll be in the final and be able to actually compete for a medal. I really just hope that when I am finished in Tokyo, that I have this sense of um, pride, I guess, that that I can walk off this track, you know, my last track meet, happy, content, and proud of what, what I've done. And I suppose the question that no one really wants to think about, if the Games were to be cancelled... What would that mean for each of you? For me, that would just that would be the end. Uh, I'm graduating from business school. I need to secure a future, and I will have to be content with what I have accomplished and knowing that I still gave it everything that I absolutely could. So, yeah, it would be incredibly depressing, but I'd get through it. We'd get through it, and uh, you know, just look forward to the next adventure, the next challenge in life. I wish Tyrone and Sandy the best of luck in their Olympic pursuits. On tomorrow's episode, part two of this series on the Olympics, you're going to hear how residents of Tokyo feel about hosting the Summer Games during a pandemic. For now, the Olympic Games are on course to be held in July and August, but there is still a lot of uncertainty around exactly how that's going to work. Last month, the IOC published their first playbook outlining some ground rules for keeping athletes and officials and members of the news media safe during the games. No surprise, frequent testing will be required. There are going to be restrictions on where athletes can go once in Japan, and it's still unclear whether fans will be allowed at the events. 
If the Olympics proceed, this summer's games will undoubtedly be unlike any other we've seen before. But for athletes like Sandy and Tyrone, just being able to train and compete are their primary concerns right now. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.